When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scouts. I'm Mark McGettigan. You'll find me on social media at FPL General. Struggling with illness this week. Just want to get in there that in there at the start. As you will probably hear, I don't sound very healthy. So hopefully the voice holds up to get me through this recording. Game Me 24 is in the books, and we've got an exciting double Game Me 25 coming up with two fixtures each for Manchester City, Liverpool, Brentford and Luton. The deadline is Saturday morning, 11am UK time, 90 minutes before Brentford versus Liverpool kicks off. There's European action this midweek, so keep an eye on Manchester City Tuesday night in terms of the minutes played of the key assets in that one. The running order for today's episodes, a quick review of how the trips performed in Game 24, a look at the player minutes, watch list update, player stats, listener questions, captaincy and potential transfers for the double game week. Make sure you hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening for future episodes. Give it a five star review if you get a chance as well as it helps to get the podcast into more ears. Some of you may be listening this week on the Fantasy Football Scout podcast feed. If you enjoy the episode, make sure to subscribe to the 59th Minute podcast feed to get all future episodes. If there's significant new information by the time Friday rolls around and fitness permitting, I say fitness, illness permitting, I will record another episode if need be on Friday afternoon. A quick review of Gimme 24, it was a good one, finished on 89 points which was enough to go from 78k to 43k, very good to be inside the top 50k for the first time this season, the challenge now is to stay there, use the two free transfers on Jared Bowen to Jota and Ollie Watkins to Darwin Nunes, Bowen to Jota was an easy move, Watkins to Darwin not so much, but so far so good, we're up on the transfer and hopefully Darwin gets two starts in the double game week. David Raya came in with a clean sheet, which offset some of the pain again of not having Gabriel, who left on the game week 20 wildcard. Poro blanked, Trent got an assist but went off at half time, we'll talk about him. Gusto, a hero on Monday night with a six pointer, the assist and one bonus point. Foden blanked, Jota got seven, Saka with a massive 15 pointer. Cole Palmer came in with 10 on Monday night as well. Captain Haaland for 26. Darwin with 6. And Solanke with the assist for 4 points. On the bench, no points thankfully this week. Ariola 0. Garnacho 2. Amari Bell 3, who somehow got a couple of bonus points in that defeat for Luton. 
and a Stupin and last sub with zero points. A look at the player minutes from Game Week 24. A very warm welcome to the 59th Minute Club to Newcastle's Miguel Almiron. Thank you, Eddie Howe, for the substitution. But we would we do not thank you for your news on Anthony Gordon on Friday. Anthony Gordon was basically ruled out by Eddie Howe and he played 90 minutes in the game week. That is no surprise given that it is Eddie Howe. He's got history for this kind of thing and he's certainly not very helpful for FPL managers. So welcome to the club, Almiron. And I guess for owners, it was good to see Gordon play 90 minutes. Not so much for those who sold him off the back of the flag. Elsewhere, Thiago Silva just about made it to 60 minutes. Went down injured around the 58th, 59th minute. I thought we were going to get a shout out, but he, he held on and he made it to 60. Trent off at 45, big question marks over him ahead of the double game week. Elsewhere at Manchester City, Akanji, who was in the starting 11, only managed 56 minutes. Kyle Walker came on to replace him. Gavardiol with zero minutes. De Bruyne with 33 from the bench. And Bernardo Silva even less. Just 13 minutes of a cameo. Hyungman Son was on the bench for Tottenham. He came on and played 28 minutes and picked up the assist for the winner with a very good cross. Cunha, who a lot of people were eyeing up as a transfer in the near future. He's picked up an injury, only played 19 minutes. And Huang, zero minutes. He picked up an injury the day before. Again, press conferences on Friday, it said Huang was fit. But I think Gary O'Neill said while he was doing the press conference that Huang picked up the issue. Just a few more mentions. Luke Shaw only got 45 minutes, another injury there. Rashford, 73 minutes. So Garnacho is the pick from the Manchester attack in terms of minutes, as is Hoyland. Saka, 67, but the damage was done before that, so there's no concerns there. And Estupinen, 90 minutes. I was concerned about Estupinen, but I think the Henshelwood injury will see Lamptey play right back more often. And Estupinen should be pretty secure again as a left-back, or even a left centre-back. A watchlist update. Players removed. First of all, Sven Botman. I just... Newcastle are conceding way too many goals. I still think they do have good FPL picks in defence, but it's Trippier or the goal-scoring Fabian Scher. I think they're better picks than Botman these days. So Botman is gone... Branthwaite has also gone from the watch list. He's kind of just been there for ages because he's one of the cheapest options in the game who plays every week. He's still a fine option, but I don't really see myself buying him in the near future. So I've removed him for the time being. Kyle Walker is gone as well. A couple of mentions recently. I still think he's probably going to get significant minutes in the double game week. If you own him, I think you keep him and you hope for the best. But if I was going to buy a Manchester City defender now, it would be Ake rather than Walker. So Walker is no longer in my thoughts. Cunha's gone because of the injury, as is Joe Pedro at Brighton. Players added to the watch list this week, Senesi at Bournemouth. Senesi on the score sheet again. I'm looking at the fixture ticker on the Scout website. If you look at around Gimme 27 onwards, Bournemouth, cheap Bournemouth defenders could be attractive because of the double in 28. And from 27 until around game week 32, they've got good fixtures. Now, they are likely to blank 
in 29. But if you take that away, someone like a Senesi could be useful for a double game week and could be a good bench option as well. Also added Regulon from Brentford. I always have to think these days who is Regulon actually playing for. He's getting through the clubs in his career. Regulon, 12-pointer at the weekend, double game week 25. But I don't love the fixtures. But again, some people might want to take a punt on Regulon for a double game week. He also plays in game week 29. So Brentford players are attractive. So he's on the watch list for that reason. Matty Cash rejoins the watch list. Hasn't been there for a while. I think he's a good option while Konza is injured. I expect him to get plenty of starts at right back. Again, don't see myself buying him, but I want to keep him there just as an option to consider. His teammate, Ollie Watkins, obviously added straight to the watch list. Been in my team all season. Was not enjoyable watching the Manchester United game without him. Some very good chances. Thank you, Onana, for the Watkins blank. Watkins very likely to come back into my team in give me 26 for Darwin, just reversing that transfer. So need to survive one more week without Watkins punishing. A player who was on the watch list a few weeks ago is now back. Pascal Gross taking penalties in Joe Pedro's absence. Sellers and benchers have been punished in the last two game weeks. And I think with Brighton having four very good fixtures coming up, he has to be in our thoughts again. I've also added Matoma. He's back from the Asian Cup. He had a very good performance despite not getting FPL points at the weekend. A very interesting differential Matoma. When others are focusing on double gaming players, maybe if you're already well stocked for that, you could take a punt on someone like Matoma. And finally, Hyungman Son, another player who's back, didn't start, but should start the next one. Tottenham do have the blank in 26, so maybe you wait until after that. But I certainly think Hyungman Son will be back in our teams before too long. A few stats now that caught my eye from the scout members area in Gimme 24. Defender first of all. Alfie Doughty blanked, but eye-catchingly, nine chances created in that game for Doughty. If you have him, you've got yourself a very good option for the double game week. If you don't have him and you're looking to sell a defender this week, maybe a Trent, Doughty has to be in the picture as a replacement. Also, in terms of chance creation, those good numbers from Andrew Robertson with five, possible Trent replacement as well if we need to sell him. And Senesi on the score sheet, but also created three chances. Midfielders, Bruno Fernandes, eight chances created. Odegaard also created eight in that demolition of West Ham. And Declan Rice, who now seems to be taking a lot of set pieces and corners, created four chances in that game. Pretty sure he came away with two assists in addition to his goal. Pedro Neto, again, Cunha was attractive. Neto's very attractive now, around Gimme 26 onwards. Neto had three chances created and three shots in the box for Wolves. Bukayo Saka, very good numbers. Eight goal attempts, six shots in the box, three big chances in 67 minutes. Trossard had five shots in the box. Jota at Liverpool had six shots in the box. Happy to own him for a double. Luis Diaz, who probably gets ignored a wee bit uh, by myself and others. Luis Diaz had five goal attempts and four shots in the box. So very good numbers there if you fancy him for the double. Garnacho, six goal attempts, four of them from inside the box. Brilliant, cheap enabler this season. Richarlison, if you have him, he blanked, but encouraged the numbers with four shots in the box. And that guy, Douglas Louise, he just keeps doing it. Three shots in the box for the Aston Villa midfielder on the score sheet and did a nice little dance on top of it. On to the forwards. Darwin Nunes had five shots in the box. 
Dominic Solanke and Adebayo at Luton had four shots in the box. So Adebayo possibly an enabler who has a couple of double game weeks to come. Ollie Watkins, two big chances against Manchester United. couple of plugs before I get to the listener questions. Patreon.com forward slash FPL General for myself. There's a free trial in February. If you want to try the Patreon, sign up for a monthly subscription and I will refund your first trial. First payment, I should say. And then you can cancel before the end of the month and not get charged anything. Extra podcasts, live streams, all that kind of stuff. Also, Fantasy Football Fest have their early bird tickets on sale for a very generous price of £15. It's on Friday the 16th of August in London. They've got a new venue where you can watch the first game of the season. There's probably going to be about 350 plus FPL managers there. I was there last August. I'm hoping to make it again this year. I just can't commit just yet. It was a really good day, really good night. Basically, a full day with other FPL managers getting your team ready for the new season before the first deadline. And obviously there was a bit of chaos last year with the Gabriel Saliba stuff, which still cuts me deep as someone who went Gabriel over Saliba. Won't be any such issues this year. Good Wi-Fi, TV to watch the games, where everyone will stay. So just a really good day out if you're an FPL manager. Don't even have to be just an FPL manager. If you like fantasy football in general, you just like events based around football great day out highly recommend it Um, so get those tickets while they are at their cheapest first question this week is from Johnny Small as a Watkins owner do I do the hokey cokey for Darwin for one week and then bring Watkins back for game week 26 I think this is viable last week was probably a better time to do it and obviously easy to say that with hindsight as well different story if Watkins outscored Darwin which could have easily happened but even this week Watkins to Darwin for the extra fixture and then back it is two transfers but if your team overall is in very good shape there's no weak links to fix and you're already well stocked on City and Liverpool picks then I think Watkins to Darwin for one week and then back again is absolutely fine Question from Peter, is Cole Palmer a sell with Chelsea's inconsistency, difficult fixtures and lack of fixtures? This question came in before the Monday night 10-pointer. My thoughts before the game and after the game have not changed. I'm very much open to selling them now because when you look at the fixtures, Man City, Man City away next, toughest fixture of the season, blank gave me 26, then it's Brentford away, Newcastle home, and a probable blank as well for Chelsea in game week 29. So I don't like the fixtures for Chelsea. The I watched about 70-75 minutes of the game on Monday night. And Chelsea were not great in the attacking third. And I switched off and I couldn't believe that Palmer had two assists at the end of the game and 10 points. So my plans haven't really changed. If I look at my midfield, it's very strong. Um you know, I've got Foden, Jota, who have got a double game week. I've got Saka, who's performing very well. I've got Garnacho, who's a great enabler and he's useful in 26. So Palmer's the midfield slot that I'm looking to free up for a possible move for another double game week player. So despite being an absolutely fantastic FPL asset this season, this to me feels like a period where he can be sold and he can be brought back in maybe around game week 30. So I think that is my plan. One of those where the famous line, it's probably fine to keep him and also fine to sell him. But I'm leaning towards sell. Question from Ryan. Are the doubles distracting us from transferring in excellent differential picks like Rasmus Hoyland? 
happens every season. We focus too much on the blanks and doubles and we miss out on points elsewhere. I missed out on loads of Richardson points recently, as I'm sure plenty of people did. Almost everyone is missing out on Hoyland points. Uh, well done if you're on him and you're you know, going your own path. Five goals in the last six games. He only costs seven million. And Manchester United have decent fixtures. It's Luton next away, Fulham at home, Manchester City away, which is obviously tricky. But then it's Everton at home. So three of the next four are favourable. The team are playing a lot better. The front four are clicking well. And Hoyland is settling in finally to the Premier League. So I think he's a really good option. But again, who's going to go there this week when you can buy a Darwin with a double game week or other options? But certainly don't be afraid to do so because he has emerged as a very good FPL pick. Fabian asks what to do with Trent Alexander-Arnold. So I'm in a scenario. I own him. It was very concerning to see him go off at half time with, I think it's a reoccurrence of the knee issue. I think the, the comments were that Trent said he was fine, but Klopp and the medical team decided he wasn't fine. We need to see if we get any information before the deadline. But I feel like even if we do get positive news, I have huge concerns about Trent playing both games. And I probably had them concerns anyway about most Liverpool players because the second game of the double is midweek against Luton before the cup final. So I think there could be rotation regardless over the two games. Uh, Connor Bradley uh, seems to be back in training this week. I would expect him to start at least one of the double game weeks at right back. So... My early plan for this week was to lose Saka for De Bruyne, which I was never overly keen on doing, and I'm even less keen on doing it now, given Saka's most recent performance. So I'm going to use the Trent injury, probably regardless of the news that comes out, as an excuse to free up cash in defence. Then I can do Palmer to Kevin De Bruyne instead. And it also allows me to go back to Gabriel, who's been hurting me so much since I sold him on the Give Me 12 wildcard. So for my team, I think that makes sense. Trent to Gabriel... Give me double Arsenal defence with David Raya and then get De Bruyne in for Cole Palmer. For, and that would be a minus four, but I don't mind taking the hit there. So that is what I'm looking at. Wait for more information on Trent, but I think regardless of what happens, I think it's okay to sell him. Now, you could even go to Van Dijk or Robertson, for example. But again, Robertson, maybe a bit dicey with possible rotation. Van Dijk does seem a little bit safer. Question from Ext Timer. If Trent is out, is it better to replace him with Van Dijk slash Robertson or look elsewhere, possibly at the Manchester City defence and save a transfer for give me 26? Yeah, yeah. so I don't necessarily think going for a Liverpool replacement is the best thing to do because they are quite expensive and you can free up cash and do other things if you go for cheaper options. Robertson does would concern me slightly because of that cup final coming up as well. If you do go for a Liverpool replacement, it's got to be Van Dijk, I think. Elsewhere, Manchester City, I think Nathan Ake is a good option if you want to go there. Doughty, I mentioned, again, good option if you don't mind not having him in blank game 26. I really like Arsenal defenders, Gabriel in particular. Saliba is a good option as well. But Gabriel's cheaper, and he's just as much, if not more, of a goal threat. Arsenal, just so good at set pieces over the last couple of weeks. It just I don't want to go any longer without Gabriel, especially when I had him for such a long time. I just want to fix that and get him back in. Looking elsewhere, Estupanen, who I was you know, down on last week. I'm a lot more positive now because of the Hinchelwood injury. I think that's good news for his minutes. Brighton have four good fixtures, so you could even go for a differential pick in Estupanen. I think he's got Sheffield United away this weekend. Elsewhere, Trippier and Fabian share our options as well. 
and Senesi for that period from game week 27 to 32. If you don't need the cheap defender this week or next week and you don't need them in 29 either, then Senesi is worth considering. But certainly I think... Uh, Gabriel is right up there as one of the best Trent replacements, as is Alfie Doughty, if you don't mind the blank coming up. And then you've probably got Van Dyke right up there as well. Question from FPL Bafana. Now that Kyle Walker has been benched and then brought on against Everton, can we interpret that interpret that as him being both rested and deemed important by Pep, which makes him the best Manchester City defensive asset for Gaming 25? Or is that wishful thinking and over-analysis? Basically, we do not know what Pep thinks or what his future plans are. I'd say he doesn't even know most of the time. So I wouldn't bank on Walker being nailed on for every game because we've had evidence that he's not in recent times. I do think there's a good chance he'll start both games in the double and maybe 26 as well. But I just feel like Aki seems more secure. He can play centre-back, can play left-back. Gvardiol didn't play, he was on the bench um, I think I might have seen somewhere that he may not have been involved for the Champions League so just keep an eye on that, check check on Tuesday night if Gvardiol plays or if he's on the bench because if Gvardiol was to miss out completely on Tuesday that's probably good news for the minutes of Aki as well because if Gvardiol's not there to play left back you know, Aki could move across the left back uh, and fill in for him as well. So for me, if I was buying a steady defender for a double game week, it would be Nathan Ake. If you have Walker, you just keep him and hope for the best. Question from Navishka. Is it good to triple up on Man City's attack rather than their defence due to rotation? Yeah, this game week just showed us. You know, Walker benched, also Guardiol benched. Two out of the three, if you throw Ake in there, that I thought were pretty secure for a minute. So that just puts me off completely. They also don't keep a huge amount of clean sheets anyway. So if you're going for City for a double game week, ideally Haaland, Kevin De Bruyne and Phil Foden. Uh, if you've got Alvarez, you can probably keep him as well as a decent pick. Question from Spice Rack Jack. Which Aston Villa defenders look best to bring in for game week 26? I want to remove Lascelles and Villa have good games in both 26 and 29. Moreno has the most upside, but Luca Dean on the bench makes me nervous. So yeah, Luca Dean being back does scare me off Moreno a bit. Those two could share game time easily. Two very good players. Centre-back, you've got Longley playing at the moment. You've got Pau Torres breathing down his neck. Similar type of players. You've got Diego Carlos is getting some more minutes recently, but may get reduced minutes again when Conte is back. So I think at this moment in time, Matty Cash is again the best Aston Villa defensive ass because he gives you the high upside as well of possible goals and assists. So if you're looking for a Villa defender, it is Matty Cash. But the problem is, by the time we get to game 26, you know, Conte might be back soon. So that will, as we get closer to that, the appeal of Cash diminishes. So. The answer might be maybe no Aston Villa defender and maybe we, we go somewhere else. Question from Jack FPL. Should we keep Pedro Porro or sell him? I'm a Pedro Porro owner. Uh, he was on. He was a possible sell last week. I don't think I'm going to sell him this week. And having a look at the fixtures, if you take away the blank in 26, Tottenham have very nice fixtures. So Porro has Wolves at home this week, then a blank. Then Crystal Palace at home, which is really good. Then Villa away, Fulham away, Luton home, West Ham away, Forest home. So this goes for all Tottenham players. If you own them and you can get away with just benching them 
and gave me 26. I think they're worth keeping. You know, that goes for a Charleston, even a Madison if you went early, Poro, Udogi. They're, they're just good players, play for a good team who have good fixtures. So don't get too worried about the blank game week, even if you don't have 11 players for that week. Poro hasn't been getting the points. I think it is three blanks in a row. It might be four blanks in the last five, but... It's just an Ange Postacoglu fullback. They get forward, they get into good positions. He's still taking set pieces. It's probably just a quiet spell. And, and I expect Pedro Porro to be back in the points soon. So I'm very much in the camp of keeping him rather than selling. Final question is from Historian FPL. Who would be your 4.5 million defensive enabler from Botman, Senesi, a Wolves defender or Van Hecke? at Brighton so a lot of us will be looking for 4.5 million defenders soon to plug in a few gaps in the blank game weeks Botman I mentioned earlier remove him from the watch list don't like him as much as the more expensive Fabian Scherr or Trippier I like Wolves defenders Craig Dawson or Kilman I just like Dawson's goal threat he's always been a big goal threat in his years in FPL and the Premier League so I like him for their fixtures Van Hecke I can understand why people are tempted he's only 4 million He's played 90 minutes in the last 14 games for Brighton, but I had a did a very quick calculation. In those 14 games, he's averaged 2.2 points per game, so you don't really want Van Hecke. You don't want a Brighton defender unless it's Estupinen, who offers a lot of attacking potential. So it's for me on that question, it's Senesi if you don't need him in the short term, and I think the Wolves defenders are probably best, so I do like Craig Dawson, uh, historian actually mentioned that he already has Doughty and Branthwaite, so already has two good options there. Regulon, I should mention him here, but even though he has a double game week and the game in 29, yes, he's taking some corners. The fixtures are just tricky for Brentford, so I don't see clean sheets. So I don't really want to rely too heavily on Regulon for attacking returns, but he is playing wing-back when they play the five at the back. So maybe he is, maybe I should be a little bit higher on him, but he won't be coming into my team Double Game Week 25 captaincy. It's got to be a double Game Week captain. I think you just avoid the single Game Weekers this week. Manchester City have two games against Chelsea and Brentford, both at home. That makes, for me, Erling Haaland the best captaincy candidate of the Game Week. You can also go for Kevin De Bruyne or Phil Foden, maybe even Julian Alvarez if you're feeling extra punty. At Liverpool... Double game week away to Brentford and at home to Luton. Good fixtures as well. You've got Jota and Darwin as the prime candidates there. Could even go for defenders from these teams, but not very exciting, is it? Go for the upside with the attackers. We need to keep an eye on Salah news towards the end of the week to see if there's any sign of him, but I don't think he'll be in the captaincy conversation. Uh, but who knows, he might get some minutes in the double game week. Luis Diaz, I should mention here as well, along with Jota and Darwin, for those who own him. Elsewhere, Ivan tony has got two games, but it's Liverpool and Man City. So, I mean, I don't hate it. I wouldn't stop anyone from captaining Ivan Tony because he's such a good player. Talisman, penalties, two fixtures. But when you've got City and Liverpool having two games, I think you've got to go there. Again, the cup final factor... I think will impact Liverpool player minutes. So that points me towards Manchester City captain. Two home games. Erling Haaland is the one to go for for me. FPL Duval asks, is the triple captain chip on Haaland in Game Week 25 a good idea? The short answer is yes. My triple captain chip is active and I'm pretty sure it will stay active. 
when you've got a fit Erling Haaland who's just scored a brace when he's got two home games, I am not going to overthink my triple captainship this season. Now, there's some teams out there that have very good-looking bench boosts, um, even with you know a hit or two to play a bench boost. You could do that instead, but you'll obviously have the triple captain someone else down the line, maybe a Solanke in 28 or someone else at a later date. But for me, if you're not in a bench boost position and you still have the triple captainship active, I would recommend using it this week. I'm going for Erling Haaland. That doesn't mean you know you have to. You could go somewhere else. You could go to Bruyne, Foden. There's other options, Jota, Darwin. But I certainly would look to Man City or Liverpool this week. The Give Me 25 bus team, before any transfers are made, David Raya, Trent Poro and Estupinen. So Estupinen's got a good fixture, Poro's got a decent fixture, Trent is a question mark. Saka, Foden, Cole Palmer and Jota. So Palmer may go for Kevin De Bruyne, Trent may go for Gabriel. And then you've got Darwin, Haaland, triple captain and Solanke up front. A couple of questions for me to answer because I've got Garnacho who plays Luton. Um, I could try and fit him in, maybe ahead of Solanke. I usually play the striker with the penalties in that scenario, even if it's not the easiest fixture. I've also got Amari Bell, the Luton bonus point magnet, who I could play over a Stupinen or Poro. So those are just a couple of wee decisions that I will think about more on Thursday and Friday. In terms of transfer thoughts, one free transfer, 2.4 million in the bank. Like I said, the initial plan was Saka to De Bruyne. Pretty sure that won't be happening now because I want to keep Saka. Trent to Gabriel. Palmer to De Bruyne, minus four, keep Saka. Then my team looks very, very strong for the double game week. The other options, Alfie Doughty instead of Gabriel, Nathan Ake, if I didn't go for De Bruyne, but I'm pretty sure I want De Bruyne, so that rules out Ake because I've already got Foden and Haaland. Van Dijk and Robertson are options, obviously, but if I did Trent to Van Dijk or Robertson, I wouldn't be able to afford Palmer to De Bruyne, so again, that's probably just going to rule those two guys out, so I'll most likely just going to double game with two Liverpool players, which feels absolutely fine. So that's where we're at. Hopefully nothing major happens midweek and I can stick to the plan. Thank you for taking the time to listen, folks. Have a great week and I'll talk to you again soon. If you're not interested in the Patreon stuff, you can buy me a coffee instead at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL general. After you do so, I will email you a link to join my FPL Discord server. Talk to you soon.